by the powers vested in me by the Federal Communications Commission, I command you to get on the microphone in a serious manner and continue this broadcast. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. Oh, welcome to Cairo Nights. The uh, incredible Burt Backrack there for you. Thank you, man. This one gets me because, uh, you know, we, we've had so many pass lately, so many stars, so many legends pass lately. And it's that time, man. It's getting that time in our lives when the people that we admired and look up to passed. And we've talked about this so many times. But this one, this one gets me because this was my mom's, this was my mom's guy, you know. And I, I heard John make the same reference this afternoon that his, today his mom and Burt Packrack were, were together in heaven. And that's the exact same thought I had when I heard the news this morning that, Bert Backrack had passed at the age of 94. Wonderful life. What a life. I think it was Lisa Brooks was telling me he just played here not too long ago at Jazz Alley, like within the last few years. Still touring. I think I heard that correctly. But it's it's the, you know, music is the most, the most powerful memory trigger. The music and smell, I think, are the most powerful memory triggers. Music is the emotional trigger, though. So many memories and so many, so much of our life is is built and evolved around music, and you know, music is entwined in all of our best memories. And this one just made me miss my mom. Lost my mom ten years ago. Ten years ago last month. Time flies. But uh, you know, all day long I've been just listening. To, I've been listening to Dionne Warwick and Burt Backrack and, and missing my mom. The guy had 73 top 40 hits. 73. And over a thousand artists have recorded his music. I, you know, as I was listen, listening to the music today and, and reading about the career. I had I had no idea. Some of the songs that I I knew and loved were his music. The Carpenter's Close to You is a Burt Backrack piece. Do you remember a song called There's Always Something There to Remind Me? Are are you kidding me? Are you are you kidding? <laughs> Which version do you have? Which version do you have available? Well, I was just looking the Naked Eyes version from the New Wave Days. Uh, right, 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 right. At that, I, I, so I was raised on the Dionne Warwick version, but 
the, the, the Naked Eyes version is, I mean, it, it's, it transitions generations. This is, yeah, let it go, man. I, I, It's I, I you know I'm first off I'm a pud I'm the biggest wuss on the face of the earth I cry at everything I cry at TV commercials I cry all the time I cry at Rudy the movie every time they lift him on the shoulders I cry at <laughs> you know you name it uh, the Outsiders you know stay golden pony boy I'm in tears man you, you you name it the Goonies I cry at the Goonies okay hey you guys I weep um. But today was just hard, man. I, I, you know, I, I go day to day and some days I don't think about my mom. Some days, you know, I, I don't ask her questions and hear her answers. I swear I'm closer to my mom since she's passed than I ever was. Well, no, we were always very close. Um, but she lived in Florida and I lived up here. And sometimes I would go literally weeks without speaking to my mom. And in hindsight, it was the biggest mistake of my life. You know, not not making the daily call to my mom. And Burt Backrack's music today has just, you know, I, I, it's, I think heaven is that. I think John was right. I think heaven is, you know, <laughs> heaven is f- whatever anyone needs or wants it to be for the, for themselves. I think today my mom's sitting down with Burt Backrack and Dion. You know, Dion works live, so I don't mean to rush that along. <laughs> Um, she made a statement today, you know, about losing Burt Backrack. Um, yeah, I think my mom and Burt Backrack are hanging out today. She's fa- totally fanboying on Burt Backrack today. And kind of an ironic connection between your mom's music and yours is the fact that Backrack collaborated with Elvis Costello yes. on an entire album. Yeah. That must have been a day for you <laughs> when the two musical yeah. worlds bridged. Uh you know, Tom Jones, What's New Pussycat? A Burt Bacharach composition. You know, I had no idea. The Look of Love by Dusty Springfield, Burt Bacharach. You know, I mean, I, I was raised in the household of of music of Burt Bacharach. I remember going to the movies and seeing Butch Cash and his Sundance Kid in the theaters with my grandparents, you know. And raindrops keep falling on my head. Won his first Oscar. 69. I was six years old. You know. He won an Oscar for Arthur. Remember, if you get caught between the road and New York City. I think it was Christopher Cross recorded that, right? Won an Oscar for Burt Backrack. Guy didn't get an EGOT, though, I don't think. I don't think he was an EGOT. I know he had Grammys du jour. You know, tons of Grammys. Um, but I don't know if that he, ever, he ever won a Tony or an Emmy. I'd have to look it up. Every time I tried to look up information on Burt Backrack today, I was just got misty and 
try to distract myself and be a little stronger, you know. <sighs> he married Angie Dickinson in like 1963 when she was like the hottest thing on the planet. You know, talk about being cool. You know, a composer. I made, God, how much money must he must he have made? Because writers make all the money, right? I mean, recording artists do okay, but writers make the money. Uh, he was born in Kansas City in 1928, raised in New York. He'd sneak into jazz clubs underage to hear Count Basie and Dizzy Gillespie. That's where his musical chops were, his tastes were, were you know, born. Oh. Trained in music school in Montreal, New York, and California. Did a little time in the Army. Didn't know that. Unbelievable. Mm. Yep. It's, uh, at, at 94, man, who couldn't really dream about a life that, that successful, that enriched? <sighs> Brian Wilson wrote, I'm so sad to hear about Burt Backrack. Burt was a hero of mine and very influential in my work. He was a, he was a giant in the music industry, and his songs will live forever. It's so true, man. Ray Davies of the Kinks, or no, excuse me, Dave Davies of the Kinks, said Backrack was a great inspiration, one of the most influential songwriters of our time. Unbelievable. I mean, it's, come on, it's believable. He's got 94. Come on, Spike, get over it. Just missed my mom today, man. That was tough. Play another one. Play any, any, any one you got, man. Just keep dropping them. Um, six Grammys, three Oscars, 73 Billboard hits in the top 100, 53 in the UK top 40. Mm. Says his songs were his form of resistance. Somebody took me to a street where the music was totally different from anything I'd ever heard. It was the bebop era at the Spotlight Club in New York City. Sometimes there'd be more people on the bandstand than there'd be in the audience. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, but I just knew I loved this music. Mm. Tommy Dorsey and Jimmy Dorsey's orchestras he would listen to. Underage at clubs, going to Harlem. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a wuss, man. I'm a big softy. I think you picked it, though, what the world needs now. You know, 
Remember Austin Powers, the Austin Powers movie? And he brought Burt Backrack in for the cameo. Did what the world needs now. Just oh. Speaking of that movie. Yeah. This is his first collab with Elvis Costello. What do you get when you fall in love? Diamond to burst your bubble. That's what you get through all your trouble. I never fall in love again. Now, I love Elvis Costello. You know I do. But that might be the best song he's ever sang, man. You know, Burt Bacharach could just write. When 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 Michael Caine's movie Alfie came out in 1966, George Martin called Burt Bacharach and asked him to come to Abbey Road Studios in London to help write a song for this movie, Alfie. Cilla Black was the artist who recorded it. And, uh, yeah. Imagine live at Abbey Road Studios. Cilla Black singing, Burt Bacharach on piano, and the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Uh, Bacharach said, you know, I hardly knew George Martin. I just knew that if I was going to fly from New York to London, I was going to take no prisoners. So the recording session was notorious. I was going to get the best possible performance out of everybody. Did I do too many takes? I'm sure. George Martin took him aside afterward and said, you had it on take four. <laughs> you know, and they, they did dozens of takes. Oh, just a beautiful, beautiful career, man. Beautiful. What a man. And, you know, we, we've lost so many stars and, and everybody's, everybody's musical tastes are different and unique and memories you know, triggered by different songs, different music, different different songs trigger different memories in me. Same as everybody else. You know, I hear "Night Moves" by Bob Seger, and it's already ni- it's nineteen seventy eight, and I'm fifteen years old, out partying with my drinking. You know, at fifteen, doing stupid stuff on a skateboard by a river. You know, with my buddies. But with Burke Backrat, it's my mom. It's the house I grew up in with all my friends coming over, always. You know, my mom was one of those neighborhood moms, you know, Miss Judy's house. And no matter what you were doing, you know, you could stop by the house and you're you're welcome, always welcome. I ran with a bunch of really, really great kids, but, you know, hoodlums by, a lot of, by the day, standard of the day. 
But at my house, Hats off to you, Bert Packrack. Uh, Mike in the 360 says, come on, man. Watching the Detectives is the best song Elvis Costello ever sang. Uh, you're right. I'm just a little I'm just a little birded up right now. Well, he recorded in multiple genres. So oh, maybe man. his best rock and roll song. Yeah, yeah. But this is something different. Uh, just, he, he, oh, just beautiful. Rob from uh, Rob from the 425 says, always a big smile on his face. I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler. Great buddy, thank you so much. Thanks for having all that ready. Pleasure as always. Oh. Another Annette and uh, Isquad reminds us that John Williams passed away earlier this week. Is that right? Did I miss that? Oh, we're losing too many greats, man. 480 says, My mother put me to sleep with this music. Brings back some serious memories. I'm with you, buddy. I am with you. Right back after these. Lisa Brooks asked me what my favorite Burt Bacharach composition was. Yeah. And at the time, I couldn't really decide. But I remember, I love Dusty Springfield. Yeah. And I love this song. Yeah. This 
is from the same movie as it's from What's New Pussycat, the comedy, 1965. Oh, what a guy, man. What a what a great life. I was all bluesy and sad today. Look, I'm just missing my mom, you know, because of Burt Bacharach passing and how much how instrumental um, his music was and my mom's happiness and my mom's happiness. Um, I, I miss her, of course, but I'm not going to be sad about it. I'm not going to be down about it. I'm going to just treasure it and, and just love, love how happy he made her. And tonight there, she's probably hitting on him. God love her. You know, she's probably probably sitting next to the bar trying to throw them eyes at Burt Bacharach. Come on, Ma. Dad's not there yet. Go ahead. Take a shot. <laughs> uh, oh, and can, can you, can can we, uh, and uh, uh, no disrespect to our texters, you know, guys, John, John Williams is very much alive and kicking. Yeah, I saw that text from one of our texters, and, and, and 99 times out of 100, you guys are on the money, and correct me, night in, night out, and I You're appreciate more it. You're generous than I would be, Spike. Well, <laughs> but I, I mean, how, I looked at Matt, how did we miss John Williams passing? What? Um, someone else said that John Williams, uh, some of his best work is the NBC Nightly News theme, is John Williams. A song called The Mission, that's the NBC Nightly News Boy, he's oh, John Williams. I saw, um, was it uh, Spielberg was saying, without John Williams, you know, there is no Jurassic Park. There is no Star Wars. You know, there is, you, you, without the music of John Williams making us feel what Spielberg or Lucas or whoever was doing on screen, that music is so powerful. And the same for Burt Bacharach. You know, the, the, the movies that he scored – and the songs that he contributed to these movies, he didn't score movies, he contributed music to movies. It, it just, it helps tell the story. Music tells the story. Texture says there's a fabulous album with uh, Robert Isley and Burke Packrack. And he worked with so many greats. You know, like like Matt said, Dusty Springfield loves Dusty, love Dusty Springfield. And that Burke Packrack piece, Look of Love, oh. <sighs> Lisa had a story about cl- uh, school closures. And I was reading this story in the, the Times earlier about how many kids aren't in Seattle public schools. That during the pandemic, and it's not just Seattle, but during the pandemic, so many schools lost students. A 50% increase in homeschooling between 2019 and 2021. Private schools saw an increase of 20% enrollment because, as you know, public schools mostly were closed due to health concerns, whereas often private schools were able to skirt public health directives and mandates and keep schools open. And the students aren't coming back is the thing. According to this story in the Seattle Times, students came back from the pandemic's closures and students moved on to private schools and students moved on to homeschooling, at least registered as homeschooled. But there's 10,000 kids that just disappeared, didn't come back to any form of education, whether it was private school or public school or 
homeschool. Wonder what wonder where that is. I mean, I can understand parents. Uh, there's much so much frustration. First off, with public education, we spend more per student, I think, than anybody in the world, and we sometimes get less from our students. And teachers in this country are, I think, grossly underpaid. A lot of folks think that students are being disserved by the way our public education system works and that teachers' unions have far too much power. Sometimes teachers who fall, teachers who, uh, who don't measure up in their unions are protected. There's a movie called, I think it's Waiting for Superman. I think Davis Guggenheim made the movie and it was about the failures of the public education system. And how teachers who don't meet standards can't be fired and they literally go in and just are paid to sit and not teach, have to go in and spend you know eight hours a day in a room reading, do whatever they want to do, and they still get paid, but they're not allowed to be anywhere near students, but their unions protect them and can't be fired. I imagine the statistics on that are about on par with the statistics on voter fraud. Absolutely. You're right. And that's... Yeah, and it's not that's not by any way, shape, or form the norm. I think students by or excuse me, teachers by and large are overworked and underpaid. You know, teachers should be <laughs> there's that easy it's easy to say that teachers should be the highest paid profession because they got the most responsible job. They are literally building our future. You know, th- these are the people who are gonna not just pick what retirement home we live in, you know, but also build the world moving forward with, with the crud sandwich of a world we're leaving them for the most part. We are just abusing the planet in every way, shape, or form. We're borrowing from the next generation. We're leaving the next generation saddled in unbelievable debt because we just keep kicking the can down the road on all issues, whether it's the environment or infrastructure or you know, education, you name it. This country is such a – it's a monolith. It's so big. The, the systems, the government systems in this country are so big. You know, I consider myself a liberal Democrat. Duh. But, you know, I got to tell you, smaller government sounds so good to me. It sounds good about up until the point you realize we're in such a big country. Then it's not about whether or not the government is big or small. It's whether it's attuned to performing the duties of the agencies that we have. In other words, I don't care what the size of government is as long as it's doing its job for the people. True, but there's there's numerous instances where take for example the homeless homelessness issue, right? And how much money they dedicate to curing the problem of those experiencing homelessness. The problem is there are so many different people who have to be involved to make sure it's done right that everybody dips out of the pool. Takes a, you know, takes a slice of the pie. But why is to, it dipping out of the pool when in any for-profit business that would be just the levels of administration? Why is it uniquely immoral because it's government? Oh, I'm not saying it's immoral. I'm saying it's just, it's just wasteful, I think. When you have so many people checking in on the system to verify that the system is running correctly, the checks and balances of government, of any bureaucracy in the way of uh, you know, state, local, federal government – there's just too many cooks sometimes, it seems. And but I don't mean, I don't have mean to- other extremes like the state of Texas, where I remember several years back, they didn't have enough inspectors to routinely inspect 
places that processed food. Right. The food Texans eat. Like their their government in that case was too small. Well, I, I agree. And it's funny when when former President Trump tried to downsize government, right? He had so many jobs they just didn't fill. And things just didn't get done. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna get rid of government, don't do it in the places that make sure our food is safe or the chemicals in in business don't get dumped into our rivers. You know, oversight of business can be intrusive to business, but it also keeps more people alive, I think. You know? Making sure that, you know, you want safe medicine, safe food, that's that's a government function. I just I just I see the bureaucracy that bogs down progress, bogs down getting things done for people. So what neither of us want, we don't particularly care if it's a big government or a small government. We want the right sized government. And efficiency. Yes, we want efficiency. Yeah. I show you I'm glad I got to know. It's Cairo Knights. Spike O'Neill, that's Matt Butler. They say you